Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dylan from LaughSpin.com. Welcome to another episode of the LaughSpin podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are not a subscriber to the podcast, please go to iTunes or SoundCloud and uh, subscribe. If you already are a subscriber, thank you so much. I, I truly do appreciate it. This episode of the LaughSpin podcast, I talked to comedian Ralphie May, legendary Ralphie May. The dude is prolific. He has seven standard up comedy specials he just released his latest it's called unruly it's on netflix it's uh it's pretty solid man so check it out obviously if you're a ralphie may fan you're gonna love it ralphie and i uh spoke we chatted we hung out in his uh in his tour van this was the day before he was scheduled to do howard stern he took some time out we talked a lot we talked a lot actually but it was good we did a lot we went deep we talked about a lot of stuff you guys so um I'm going to shut up. Here's Ralphie. I feel humbled as you're you're going to to Howard Stern tomorrow and you're talking <laughs> you're talking to me today. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, uh we are aboard just to set the the stage for everyone. We're aboard Ralphie's uh super cool tour bus that has uh Ralphie's name. Do you get do you get knocks on your door because I mean this is not you are not incognito here Ralphie no I'm not I uh, I do get uh, occasionally people it's weird when uh, drunk girls show up and and it's like show us you we want to party and, and that's when I go to the back of the fucking bus and tell my tour uh, uh support guys to fucking shoo them get them out of here yeah yeah get get all right <laughs> get that mess get that liability get that yeah exactly lawsuit the fuck away from me <laughs> yeah it's true you know people think it's uh it's all fun and games but i mean you're you're an adult and uh you don't want that you don't want that mess no no, well, I'm also married, and it's like I like all my shit. You know, that's the thing. You know, guys who cheat on their wives, you must not like all your shit. All right, you know, you're gonna lose half of it. Yep. And I'm not about to, no sir. But you know, plus it's just a dick thing to do. You know, it's like who's got that much time to be that much of an asshole to somebody <laughs> you're supposed to love? You know? Yeah. I mean, who's got that drama? Not me. I don't know, man. I don't know. What about, do dudes come knocking? What about if it's just a dude that just want to say, hey. It's a lot of dudes who want to come smoke weed with me and stuff like that. And it's like, I don't smoke weed all the time, you know? Right. It's not like, and you know, it's like, sometimes I have my fucking family on the bus and it's like, uh, hey bro, it's my fucking kids. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, relax. Yeah. Chill. (laughs) <laughs> you know but i guess that happens to people i know a guy who uh went up to dave Grohl and was like let's party dave Grohl, let's get fucked up and dave's like yeah this is my kids this is my mother-in-law okay it's like it's like okay god bless you you know 
Yeah, people don't, you know, they see they see that person on stage and that's it. That's all. That's all. Even though, I mean, it's it's not like you don't talk about, I mean, your newest special. Uh, you know, you mentioned your kids. You have yeah. that entire bit where you where you address, where you address your son, which is awesome. And, yeah. and like still, they just they want to I think they just want to be part of like the, the party part of, section. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird because like we went on um, a, a Disney cruise and uh, people were coming up to me, going, "Is that the, is that the boy who grabbed the the girl's pussy in the elevator?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's him." <laughs> all right. And so my son is five years old, walking around with all these adults, going, "Yeah, that's him. That's him." <laughs> all right. It goes straight to his fucking head. It goes straight to his head. He thinks he's the baddest dude. But it, it's it's like changing his behavior. You know, people's people's reaction to him is changing his behavior. He's he's uh, getting more and more uh, blatant about about stuff. Like he, uh, one of his buddies' mom is really hot. Right. Okay. Uh-uh. This is L.A. All the moms are super fucking hot. Okay. And uh, and my son. Uh, grabbed this mom's ass and <laughs> and I asked him you know this was days later son why did you do that and he and he even told her this uh I had to daddy it just looks so good I had to grab it oh, and and you know um you, you can't fault him for being honest, you know? Yeah. You just got to go, hey, I'm with you, man. I've seen some uh, hot tell before, you know, whether he's 5 or 55. It, you know, the truth is the fucking truth. Yeah. And uh, he, he he was a man consumed. But I told him, I go, that's not nice. You can't do that to people and they're going to get mad. And so far he hasn't had that experience, but I keep on telling him, you know, <laughs> they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna spank your butt. They're gonna throw you in jail. Yep. And he's like, oh, I don't care. I don't care, Daddy. I gotta do it. <laughs> How old is he? He's five now. He's or five. Wow. Yeah. I have. Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, I enjoy when when comics kind of like open up a little bit about uh, their kids on stage. I have uh, two boys, a six year old and a three year old. Oh, okay. So uh, right behind us. Yep. 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 So how you? How old your daughter? Uh, seven. Oh wow. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Do they get along? Yes, really well. Really? Really well, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we, my, my wife has done an amazing job. Like, if it was up to me, my kids would be raised by wolves. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm a shit dad, all right? But my wife is amazing, you know? That's why my children are uh, happy, well-adjusted, healthy children, you know, is all because of my wife. Yeah. Zero to do with me. Really? Don't, yeah. give your, don't give yourself any credit. Zero. <laughs> Zero fucking credit. Zero. I am a, I am a, a fucking asshole. I'm a narcissist. Okay. Which are very two bad things. Uh, fights against you as far as being a good parent. <laughs> I, uh, I'm gone all the time. I work. I'm a good provider, but that means that I'm gone all the time. So, yeah. you know, it's weird. You know, you don't have... Uh, until you have kids, you don't realize how much, 
Like stand up was never a job to me, right? Until I had kids, and now it's like now they don't pay for the jokes. They never paid for the jokes. They they just pay for me not to be in my house next to my wife, next to my kids. You right, know? right. That's what they pay their money for. Yeah, yeah. It becomes it becomes very real. Like yeah, I'm sure before you had a family, you know, thoughts would go through your head where it's like, well, I could stop if I want. Right. Uh, not that you, you know, not that you would want to stop, but now it's like, well, this is it. I'm in it. Now I have to, I have people to keep alive. Yeah, I know. I have people to keep alive. <laughs> That's true. But, you know, I, I still think uh, a lot about quitting. Really? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like I've done it for 25 years. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, what what more do you have to do? What more do you have to prove? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you you're in the top 1% yeah. stand up comics. Yep. You know, I I never conquered New York and I never conquered LA, but that's okay. I never really gave a shit about conquering either one of those. I was really happy with the 300 million in between. Yeah. You know, and um you know, a lot of people said that is their goal to be you know that person and i just never did i just kept on doing specials and making people laugh you know that's just i i don't know is i was never the cool one you know right. when you're not the hip cool comic all right you know it's weird uh the guys i thought were cool were either dead or quit you know and uh you know it's uh it's like there's no going i mean it's like your buddies are gone or you don't get to see your buddies right you know now that now that uh an indictment is a conviction you can't go watch stand-up comics because if someone says you ripped off my bit okay that's enough to kill your career yeah all right you know it's like just the accusation is enough to kill your career yeah and and like you said i've got people right you know so that takes a lot of the joy out of stand-up comedy because now i can't even watch stand-up comedy right the thing i love the most i can't watch anymore right because uh, i'm in it you right. know and it's like and i write so fast and i write so much it's that and without opportunity there can be no theft and so i just keep myself off you know that's when people submit you know people send me videos of themselves you know hey help me out and it's right. like I can't you don't even look at it I don't even look at it I can't open it I can't I can't do anything because I can't allow my career to be in your accusation you know right. I mean and comics are crazy you know I mean somebody will see something but one use one word you know and they'll go fucking nuts and and just start shouting and that's all you have to say and then boom it's over yeah you know and so i don't even allow myself to be fucking even in the same sentence as joke thievery because i'm never in the fucking room when a joke's being said right has there been had did did something ever happen that i don't i've seen so many guys over 25 years Okay. Yeah. Um, I was the victim of it, of a lot of jealousy in Houston, Texas, when I first started out. Um, 
of uh, people saying, ah, oh, he's a joke thief, okay? And then you go, well, what joke did he take? And they wouldn't have an answer for you. Right. All right? And, and it got to be the point where everybody started calling bullshit on, you know, guys from out of town would call bullshit on the Houston comics because they couldn't give them a fucking answer. Right. You know? And... And and then and then somebody who wasn't just in Houston would be like you know everybody's talking about that around the country. What do right. you do? I mean, that's not a it's a pretty beaten up premise, you know. You know whether it was uh, the fucking uh, the Lorena Bobbitt or uh, or fucking you know whatever hack story was in the news right. okay, that every comic was talking about alright you know these stories they get beaten up but if you're in your own shallow pool you think you originated it and that anybody who does anything near it is a joke thief okay and they they used it against me to try to drive me out of stand up comedy because I was 18, 19 and taking their gigs Yeah, you know I mean when Bill Hicks came to town and had me open for him that pissed a lot of fucking people off <laughs> yeah I can imagine okay you know I mean and Bill wanted me because I was a young and dumb and didn't know any better didn't know what he was doing you know I, I, I was just doing my little shit comedy and I wasn't I was the only one who wasn't trying to be him right you know and uh, and and so that caused more and when Sam Kennison taps you all right, you know, it, it's it, first it seems like a blessing, and then you realize it's a fucking curse amongst your peers. You know, I mean, it's like they they fucking hated that those guys liked me. All right, and um, you know, it was weird because later on, the only one and we laugh about it, the only one that made it out of it uh, was Dougie Stanhope. Yeah, D- me and Dougie Stanhope. It's like who would have thought that he and I would still be alive after all this time? <laughs> Okay, um, you know we uh, we we're the two that people go really those really? two made it <laughs> really really. Mitch Hedberg's gone. Okay, so many great guys are gone, and um, and it's just and it's like we're the ones that keep on trucking, and it's so funny is is that Stanhope's had me in his death pool since he started it. Okay, <laughs> and and uh, he. Uh, He's like, I know one of these years you're going to pay off, but you keep on fucking living. Okay, you're fucking me up here, man. It's like I got to have the inside track on you. And then so this year was the first year that he was like, I don't think I'm going to put you in the pool. Ah. I think I got I think I got some uh, better people. And, and then and then he goes, not nah, the last second I had to put you in. Oh, Just because I nah, nah, put the jinx on you for sure. Okay, you know, the one time I don't pick you, boom, that's when you die. I, it's like lottery numbers so I'm like okay <laughs> you know it, it's so funny you know but uh, Dougie and, and uh, Joey Diaz and myself we never should have made it out those guys should have been dead a long time ago and I should have been too you know yeah. but we, we made it all out so far so yeah I mean you mentioned I mean you really got started young I mean you've yeah 17 yeah so born born in Chattanooga right uh-huh. raised in Arkansas yes and then at what point then you you moved to Houston yeah I moved to Houston uh, before I I didn't even get to graduate um, I left uh, eight days before graduate I got kicked out 
All right, so I just left. I don't even fucking from your from your school, school in Arkansas. Yeah. Why did you Why did you get kicked out? Pranks, pranks. A lot of what kind of pranks? Of, a lot of stupid shit, you know. And it's weird now that that you know all the statute of limitations are over. But the, the way it is now, the way America is now, yeah. It would be on CNN, and it would be ATF would be involved. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we 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 did a lot of stuff that that uh, you know um, very destructive things to our uh, rival school. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they did very destructive things to us to the point where, um, you know, they. Uh, we got our bus stopped. They rolled burning bales of hay in the streets. Okay, and then, and then uh, uh, pelted the the bus. Okay, you know it was, it was an old school ambush. Okay, pelted uh, with uh, with what? Uh, with uh, bricks, rocks, Jesus, um, uh, eggs, uh, fucking. Um, supposedly there was gunplay, but I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know. It was a lot of melee. I mean, when you're in a bus, a fucking brick hitting it, okay, sounds a lot like a gunshot. Yeah. Okay, and, you know, a lot of the the impact and the explosion of glass is about the same. Yeah. And uh, it was was a crazy, you know, crazy school year. But I, um, I had gotten... I was involved in the University of Arkansas beginning scholars program, mm-hmm. and I got to go uh, to school, University of Arkansas, and that student ID is what allowed me to get into the stand-up contest to open up for Sam Kennison, mm-hmm. which started everything. Yeah. You know, uh, it's like uh, that one thing, if I hadn't filled out that one piece of paper at the insistence of my school counselor, I would have never done stand up right know? and said it's like you can look back and you know usually it's it's the the teacher that inspires you or or you know positive or negative for me it was a counselor going fill this piece of paper out it'd be something fun to do in the summer right you know and that was that was the the start of it all. Had you expressed interest in comedy to your counselor, yeah. or he just no, 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 not 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 at comedy uh, to my counselor. But I had I had done stand up comedy before. I had done it at thirteen um, in nineteen eighty five at a church youth camp. Um, uh, it was a five states uh, uh, youth panel thing, and they had a talent show. I won. Um, I was 13. I made out with a 14-year-old girl. Nice. I finger blasted her. Okay, she was from Prattville, Alabama. Okay, and uh, she's cute. Uh, uh, big hair. I remember big, big sure. hair. Not not big bush, but I mean, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. I don't remember, but big hair. Like her hair, hair was big. Right. Um, it was it was a crazy thing, you know. It's it's weird that that's been my motivation throughout my whole career. It's just been women. I, um, you know, uh, the, when I won the talent show contest the the week before to get into to get to the attention of everyone, there was an open mic contest at the Shakey's Pizza. My study group from college. We were all meeting up and uh, and you know just fucking hanging out. 
and they had a stand-up comedy contest and they were like do it do it do it and so i did it and i got a blowjob afterwards from an unattractive girl by a dumpster out back okay and and i was fucking uh fuck college all right you know, fuck college. <laughs> oh this was this was after the show it was after oh, okay the show, okay 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 i was like fuck college this is it this is uh, no one ever sucked my dick because i got a fucking a you know in organic chemistry okay you know no one gave a shit and so it was definitely something that i was like this is this is what i want to do you know and it uh, it's so silly now to think that's it's uh, you made a life decision all right and you're stuck with it and you're fucking lucky enough to come out on top you know it's like no one no one is more baffled by my success than me <laughs> you know <laughs> i think that's what uh, uh that's probably one of the things that i think people uh don't understand is that i'm nobody's more shocked than i am <laughs> all right that this happened and it all started with that, I mean, really, with the, with the Kinnison thing. So you were, what, yeah. 17, 18? 17. You were 17. Yeah. So did you, I mean, did you interact with him, or was he, like, how did, what was that like? I did to a degree. It's like you could hang out with Sam until, like, 1130 at night, all right? And then it, it was, he he'd get a little evil. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was... Like going to a Sam Kinison party at uh, seventeen was no place for a seventeen-year-old boy. Um, I'm forty-three now, and it's no place for me now. Yeah. Okay. I mean, rails of blow, and and I mean, just a lot of craziness around him. But he would be nice, you know, until about eleven thirty. You know, that fourth or fifth key bump, and and he's he's starting to rage and starting to get angry and. That's when I would just fucking disappear. Yeah. Because that's when the gun would come out. You know, he had a forty-five that he, like, towed around. All right. And the gun would come out and shit would happen. You know, not good. Yeah. So even at that young age, you knew this isn't cool. No, no. Guns aren't <laughs> fucking cool. Hey, don't hang around. All right. Well, I knew what guns would do, you know. I mean, yeah. growing up in Arkansas. You know, you, you've been hunting for 10 years at that point. It's like, I know what guns can do. I, I don't want to be anywhere fucking near them. Right. Yeah, if you know what they are, you know, you kind of you develop a healthy respect for them. I think, you know, dumb fucks who tote them around in the waist of their britches and fucking shoot sideways haven't really fucking seen what guns can do yeah. up close you know you take a deer's life and you fucking hold it and you realize this is life and death and this is like you know you damn sure better honor the fucking animal and damn sure better realize that this animal was just alive until you pulled a fucking trigger yeah I, and that i think is a great thing for people to learn and they would have more responsibility for the weapons in their possession you know yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I never, I never thought of it like that. I mean, I'm from this area, you know, we're right outside of New York, and guns just always scared the shit out of me, and uh, you know, it was just never part of my culture. So, yeah. so you know, when I see like hunters, I'm like, oh, I don't know, hunting is seems kind of you know, it's just it's just foreign to me. Yeah, but the right. way you just described it, I mean, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it it, it kind of. And, you, you know, it's like people always say it's barbaric, and, and yes, it is, but the, the, the essence of nature 
is barbaric. That's very you true. Know? I mean, and it's like the civilized thing that we've become is only because of higher, you know, um, you know, evolution, you know, with our minds and and like you know that only came about through added protein through the ingestion of meat. Right. Okay. So the, <laughs> the the very way we become self-aware and to 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 have enough guilt in our life um, to seek, you know, and and to to be honestly to be so blessed with so much food that we could choose to be a vegetarian or a pescatarian or a vegan or or a freegan or whatever the fuck you are. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. It's that you know all that came about because of the added protein from eating meat developed our cerebral cortex okay without we would never have evolved right all right so it's like the the action of eating meat has caused people to revolt away from wanting to eat meat you know right. it's like it's like they right. their self-consciousness they, they don't understand right you know it's like it's like the people like my wife is always bitching about uh uh, like, cause she's a Jew and she's bitching about Christmas, um, <laughs> uh, uh, about the Christmas tree, how sure. it's a, it's a killing of a, a life. And I'm like, yeah, but what about those cedar line closets we bought? All right. You know what I mean? It's like, how about those houses we live in? What are they fucking made of? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, pick your fucking battles. Okay. Yep. All right. Don't be, don't be bitching about, uh, like a, you, you, you mad about, uh, a tree tree's life but yet you throw paper away all the time okay you know it's like just knock it the fuck off okay <laughs> just just stow it all right just stop your shit you know <laughs> and it's like you can't tell everybody that you know you want to i would desperately love to tell people just to on their call people on their shit yeah all right? that's why i would make I, i'm not saying i make a great a politician all right, I'm saying I would be a very entertaining politician. Yeah. Okay. You probably wouldn't go far in politics because well, you're too honest. Too honest, <laughs> and and, and uh, you know I think that's that would be a refreshing change. You know to have someone yeah. go, hey, look, I only want to be here for eight years. I want to make a positive change. I got two kids. Okay. Uh, let's work together, all right? And I'm gonna call people sons of bitches who are sons of bitches, <laughs> all right? And and uh, and you tell me what you think, and I'll fight for you, okay? All right? And that's what I like, you know. That will be a refreshing breath of uh, air when it comes into uh, politics nowadays. I mean, everybody's so full of shit, you know. It'd be nice to have somebody to go, hey, those people are dumb fucks. Okay, you know why not legalize marijuana? Let's tax the fuck out of it. Yeah. All right. Let's. We got debt to pay off. Why not? Yeah. Why not make money on it? You know we. Fucking Christ! I don't know. There's so many <laughs> stupid shit. There's so much stupid shit. You know that you would get fixed if we just had a mind to do it. But yeah. we don't. We like. We like fucking. You know, status quo. Well, I mean, there, there you go. That's your. That could be your your post comedy career. Yeah. Politics. Do you, do you actually, I mean, I know we talked about it at the very beginning. Do you, I mean, do you seriously considering, uh, do you seriously consider just like hanging it up and, I mean, you've got what, six specials? Seven. S- seven specials. I mean, you've, like you said, you've, you've, you've conquered it. You've conquered what it. What do I got left to do? I don't know. Would you miss it? 
Probably. Yeah. But I miss it now. Yeah. You know, even though I get to do stand up comedy and I'm around stand up comedy, I don't really get to be around stand up comics. Yeah. You know, so I miss it now. Yeah. You know, I I I love us. I think we're the most interesting people on the planet. All right. And we're fucked up and messed up and that only adds to the interestingness. Yeah. Right? You know, it's it, I find comics to be amazingly intriguing. Male or female, I think we're fucked okay we're fucked individuals and and it's a weird that there's more of fucked individuals now than there ever has been it's like it's like we've bred in our country um we have a certain elevation that we've taken people that you know that are told so much in their lives that you know everything is is uh, um, you're a winner too yeah. you know like 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 uh, everybody gets a trophy we're not keeping score right okay and you've grown up at like been told all that bullshit okay that nobody keeps score and y'all are fucking mad now that people really keep fucking score <laughs> you know i mean you're, you're you're pissed off and you have a right to be you know when they said you know we're all winners what do you mean i've got to have responsibilities and debt and fucking hey i'm a winner i got a trophy <laughs> all right you know what the fuck you know it's easy you know it's like you know and, and everybody wants to be cave painters you notice that you know it's like what do you mean by that you know there was like cave painting uh, there was a guy that fucking that was his shit. Right. That was his like like I drive the best buffalo with the best horses and our guys kill him. Right? And that was one guy. Right. Right. Who depicted life of the of the Neanderthal man. Yeah. Okay. That was one out of thousands and thousands of people. All right. Not everybody can be a cave painter. Somebody's got to go out there and fight a saber-toothed tiger. Right. You know? Got I mean, it. And it's like, now, nowadays, people want to be comedians instead of being a fucking uh, transmission repairman, okay? Or, uh, whereas they used to have other jobs, now, so many people are focused on the arts. It's where, it's sort of a renaissance, but at the same time, it's bullshit, okay? It's like, the 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 whereas the renaissance gave birth to masters of art that trained and 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 we had a a, a you know a genesis in, in human evolution today it's people aren't getting smarter they're getting dumber through the use of technology yeah. they're not creating masters of art they're programming you know uh, a piece of art uh, instead of creating it okay and the subtlety is it's not lost on me and it's not lost on the art. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's the same with stand-up comedy. You know, it's like for, nobody is doing stand-up comedy for themselves until they've been doing it at nine years at a minimum. Yeah. Uh, until then, you're just an amalgamation of, of your favorite influences. Right. Okay? And then once some real shit happens to you, then you have your own voice and then you could talk and you could set about doing your own thing. So you spend the first basically 10 years of this uh, learning what not to do okay and then after that 10 years now now you're into it's just like high school all right you're just you're still in you're still in high school 
Yeah. You're not even graduated yet, okay? Much less be functioning. Like at 25 years, I feel like I'm a master of stand-up comedy. But I don't know when that transition happened from a fucking neophyte dumb fuck to <laughs> a master of stand-up comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like somewhere around the way, I learned enough to fucking pick it up. But, you know, just some of the sheer volume, you know, 14 hours of recorded material in 10 years, you know, I don't think anybody's ever done that. Um, uh, and, you know, as far as respect goes, you, you, I don't get any, but that's okay. Cause I got checks. It's all right. What do you, uh, what do you mean? You don't get, you don't, you don't feel like you, you're, you're respected like as, no, as, no, as no. a comic. No, no. I'm easily dismissed cause I'm uh, overweight, but, um, you know, it, it's funny how my stand-up comic, my, my stand-up doesn't really um, rely on my physicality. You know, I'm I I get smaller on stage, not not bigger. Yeah. And and I don't draw as much emphasis as, as a lot of big comics. I mean, if they're a little bit overweight, I mean, Jim Gavigan, for example, is not overweight at all. But all he talks about is food and being fat. Right. You know, he's got way more fat jokes than I do. Mm -hmm. All right. And and honestly, they're really good. You know, I can't fault him for it. All right. Um, but it's just not something that I want it to be. And and because of that, I mean, I don't feel uh, the level. I mean, if I was somebody else and had the, the we just what I had just four one hour specials on on Comedy Central. No one had ever done that before. You'd think I would get some respect from Comedy Central. Hmm. No. No. What in in what form would that respect potentially come? Well, the only thing you could have respect and be shown respect by a, a network is uh, an invitation to do a TV show. Whether the TV show goes or not is one thing, but I've never even been allowed to have the conversation. Wow. And so, you know, it's 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 okay. You know, I mean, I I'm very okay. I don't see any shame in being famous for being a stand-up comedian. No. And that's what I'm am. I'm I'm famous for being a stand-up comedian. Not on TV. I never had a, a television show carry me. Right. You know, I mean, even even the show I did do was a stand-up comedy competition. Right. You know what I mean? It's like like I, I don't have the sitcom. I don't have the movies, you know, to carry me. Um I've gotta go do it the old fashioned way. I've gotta go win the people where where they are. You right. know? Um I can't go to their T V then I'll go to their uh theater. Right. You know, close to them. And whereas I don't do the big uh arena tours, you know, I'll do more volume of people because I do more shows you know and I'll sell more tickets because I'll hustle more right and I'm fine with that you know that that to me never seemed like a big deal you know it's just like it's a joy to work you know it's a pleasure it's a gift um but uh it is um aggravating that you don't get you don't get the respect of of other comics. Comics have been doing it for nothing, you know, and have had a, a pretty easy ride. But, you know, partially based on the legacy that guys like me. I mean, we kept stand up alive after the bust of the '80s. 
in the 90s, man, I mean, clubs were shutting down. You know, if it wasn't for guys like us keeping it going, it would have fucking died out. Yeah. And, and you know, it was, I don't know. It, it's, it just seems that, you know, the respect that stand-up comics get in other parts of the world are more than they get here. Yeah. And, and you know, we're the lowest rung of entertainment in in uh, in America, and yet it's the hardest job, you know? Yeah. We're the individual writers, we're the performer, we're the director, we're the producer, and, and uh, you, nobody else has to do that. And it's fucking, the closest thing to it is a band, and to be honest, they've got so many people and auto-tune helping them. I mean, how would you like to have a fucking button that can be pushed that make your jokes 40% funnier? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, that'd be fucking awesome. That'd be a button I want to push every fucking day, you know? And that's what auto-tune basically is, is making them 40% better. Yeah. Sound better. And it's like, what the fuck? You know, why are we... Uh, uh, why are we like this you know it's like why can't we just do i don't know yeah no i i get it i mean that's i totally agree with you 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 guys are i mean that's why 10 years ago i started interviewing and writing about comics because nobody was nobody was doing it nobody the the only time people the only time you would see an article or something about a, a comic was in like the regional you know newspaper in the entertainment section when they were coming to your town right. they'd have you know ralphie mays coming to whatever town and here's you know here's an interview with him yeah you know to get you know people in, in the seats um so yeah i mean i i uh, i totally agree it's just it's it's interesting to hear and, and I mean I'm sure people who are listening uh, to this it's it's interesting to hear somebody who you know on the surface you know very successful selling out theaters all across the country yeah. you know still has those those doubts and those yeah. and and those feelings of you know why, why why have I been sort of kind of relegated to I don't know clown status or you know like where's my respect yeah, yeah, you know, you, you still get that. I think I think that's uh that probably goes back to childhood, you know, wanting the respect, you know, that's probably what stand up comics, you know, about that's probably one of the triggers that makes us is the is the want for dignity. Yeah. You know, the desire for it, you know, um and you know that self-approval you know you have to have thousands of people laugh at everything you say right and be entertained i mean there's there's something broken that drives that you yeah know, that that the desire for qualification to you know to uh love me you yeah. know what i mean that's a fucking thing too and, and i don't want to come off sound like a fucking whiny ass or nothing. no you come and, off and as grateful, human and, and, and grateful to you know things i've had you know uh, but uh you know would it would it would it be nice to to get the recognition of from your peers yes would it be nice to get the recognition of from comedy central yes but you know i'll have to remember is that i'm older in stand-up comedy than than comedy central mm-hmm. you know i started uh, before them and so I can't be mad at them for you know I, I didn't get into them for stand up comedy for Comedy Central right you know I got into it for me right and it wasn't even an option then and so 
I just always think that even though it's a player now, it's not a player in my mind if if it's not in my world. You know what I mean? It's yeah. Like something I can't I can't lose thoughts over or time over uh, worry about what they're gonna do with me because who even knows what the fuck's happening over there? You sure. know what I mean? It's like inside there, you know, what what's going on, you know, who 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 are they being told are funny? Who are they seeing are funny? Who where are they going to see funny? That all these are gonna skew, you know, everything that they every judgment that they make. And people look to them as the authority because they set themselves up as the authority of stand up comedy. But you know they're really not they miss huge swaths of stand-ups i mean huge just gaping holes in stand-up comedy map all right they they've missed and they've never touched on yeah you know there's a whole segment of southern comedians that have never been fucking uh thought of you know everybody goes the blue collar guys and which you know, Jeff is from Georgia, but Larry's from Nebraska, yeah. and and uh, uh, Bill's from Texas, and R- Tater's from Texas. But the really only Southern comic was Ron White. Yeah, you know, and Ron toured for years, and to where he got out of comedy eventually. Um, you know, he was he was, you know, he was a Southern comic. But there's there's huge swaths of guys that are fucking amazing that no one's ever heard of and and women are underserved in that department too even more so than the men these men are given a shot once in a while to do some kind of tv shit or radio shit whereas the women aren't even given that chance i know two that are fucking hilarious as balls all right so fucking funny all right and they're not given a chance at all and it's a shame yeah, it's a fucking shame. I feel know? I feel like it's turning around a little bit. It's turning around for the it girls. Okay. Okay, and and uh, the fat black girls that never went away. All right, and the the cute little it girls are are really hot right now. All right, and and it's a shame that that they have to be um, um, that I I normally would never qualify. A stand-up comic based on their sexuality. Right. Um, uh, my wife is a female comic, and she's goddamn funny. Um, there's the. It's unfortunate though that that you know the the. It's either no. There's very little middle ground. It's either either the they're either the big girl, okay, and they're Melissa McCarthy, right, or they're the hot girl, they're Jenny McCarthy, right, all right, and there's really no in between, you know, there's really no, just you know, six or sevens, right, you know, I mean, uh, Amy Schumer is under constant pressure to lose weight and stay beautiful and and do her hair and do everything that she has to do. Whitney Cummings is a slave to her own success as far as the expectations. She can't just put on a fucking pair of, you know, a shitty clothes and go out, go out, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like they they've been, you know, uh Chelsea Peretti, same thing. Okay? And and you know, it's it's they become uh trapped in what society says they must be you know look at Kathy Griffin I mean she's released so many specials that if she was a man she would be like one of the greatest stand ups 
in in the world mm. okay and she would be known and instead she's regulated as just being loud and and always you forget though she's emmy nominated you know she's put out i think what 12 specials or some shit like that yeah i mean you know she's been on tv for 20 fucking years you know give her a little bit of respect but nobody does you know it's like like almost like uh joan uh had started to get respect after she lost it you know for so many years and then and then she was getting you know back on tv and and all the plastic surgery her running to it instead of away from it uh i endeared her to people and yep. and her constant but she went through people forget that she was ostracized she was thrown out of show business basically you know when johnny carson yep. puts the squash on you the squash is on you all right i mean it's fucking real all right and you know four networks at the time only you know what else you gonna do you yep. know you're given the chance to host a fucking you know the uh, late night talk show and and she was the first she was before chelsea she was before all of them all right you know she's a bad lady don't ever forget it yeah you know uh, and it's like she was in her like the, the prime like people forget you know she was bankrupt in the 90s completely bankrupt and she died with over 140 million worth over 140 million dollars you know yeah that's that's remarkable she hustled and she hustled and she did it through being a stand-up yep you know i mean sure she got on tv but the only reason she got on tv was because she was a stand-up and you know so i'm always and she had balls man she had fucking balls in a in a in a time where you saw so much change in political correctness, I mean, when she was she was up there doing colored jokes in the forties, okay, <laughs> the coloreds, all right, you know, all right, you know, the Negroes, okay, all right, and now she's fucking, you know, now she's this icon that you know's career spans seventy years, yeah, or sixty years, you know, it's pretty fucking incredible. She's pretty amazing. You know, and it's like that's the type of stuff that that should be talked about. But Comedy Central didn't even have her on, you know, and she was an icon. And Comedy Central, you know, didn't have her on the roast, you know. I mean, she should be up there fucking killing people, you know. She should have been crushing them. Yeah. You know, those roasts, it's like they take people and they make them stars and then they don't have them on the roast anymore. Doesn't make any sense, you know. It's like you 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 brought Jesselneck to me. Why why isn't Jesselneck still coming at me? I mean, I like that guy. <laughs> you know, he was funny. You know, um, I uh, you know you got uh, you know you got uh, Lisa Lampanelli. What what happened to her? Where's she at? You know, it's know. like you know, it, God damn it. It's just that you know you. You miss people, you know, and it's like they, you know, they, not for nothing. I don't really want to hear Shaq tell a roast joke. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want Ludacris at a roast. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, a lot of people agree with you. Yeah, I, you know, I see yeah. a lot of comments online like, you know, why are the, you know, they're just getting these like, you know, these A-list celebrities to just... Right, uh, go know. up there and, and butcher some great jokes that you know John Fernetti or, or uh, 
um, you know, Saratiana or somebody fucking wrote. Right. You know, and it's like, why are why are they doing this? You know, it's why why is I don't get it, man. I don't get it. <laughs> you know, they don't make any sense to me. You know, it's like you you build this up. It's like why not cash in on it? You know, right. it's like if I was a network, I would want to have the especially Comedy Central. I'd be sponsoring comedy tours every year and doing live remotes from from you know hype it and make it you know like mtv back in the day when mtv threw a concert it was a fucking event you were glued to your tv watching this event why isn't the oddball festival sponsored by comedy central and available like hbo does uncensored on it's like uh you know it's rock and roll hall of fame shows yeah you know what i mean it's like why aren't they doing that you know why aren't they why aren't they making stand up more, you know, not for nothing, but fuck another episode of Futurama? Okay, you know, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm fucking tired of it, you know? Go out and find me another Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Yeah. All right. Instead of, instead of showing me shows and buying shows and investing in the past, invest in the future. Okay. You know, it's like, I want to see. The next Judd Apatow. Yeah. I want to see the next. I want. I want. I want a comic to. I want a drama about comedy. Yeah. I want a real show about stand-ups, about about the shit that real comics go through in New York and L.A. and and have a Law and Order SVU franchise, okay, or, or CSI franchise when it comes to comedy. You know, instead of crime scene, it's comedy scene investigation. You know, you know, <laughs> I want to see, I want to see what it's like, you know, to be that guy on the road. I want to see what it's like. I want people to know our story. Yeah. All right. Just like musicians want people to know their struggle, and those movies have always been successful, and TV shows about making it. Sure. You know, that's what I think that we could do, and we're not. And it's like we could do more to elevate our art for what it really is. And yet we constantly lowest denominator, you know, or we don't uh, uh, or, or Comedy Central will take. A, I mean, a network. Of, and I don't mean just to slam on Comedy Central. That's not what this is about. It's just just a prime example of 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 our talents being lost. Right. Just just as MTV lost in the corner on music videos now people don't even make music videos or they just go straight to youtube oh yeah yep you know it's like we used to sh- we used to have real music at any time you could just press boom and it was there yeah and honestly it should be that way with stand-ups you know you should you should have that ability to get as comedy whenever you want it wherever you want it and what kind you want it you know from whomever you want it. and that's why i've i've never been into really shit talking other comics you know about about you know shitting on the, what kind of comedy they do right because if you do comedy at all and you make someone laugh all right that that lets them know that they're hungry for something they didn't even know they were hungry for yeah all right and that hunger drives them to get more laughter and which means eventually that hunger is going to 
drive them to me, which means they're going to be fed by me, and I think I can feed them more than everybody else. You know, yeah, I, that's... I, I think I think I can feed them more jokes. I can come back eight nine months with a new hour and a half, and and uh, not many people can do that. And yeah. it's like that type of mentality has always served me well. Whereas, like, uh, like it's kind of cool to have a contempt for your audience. It seems like nowadays, yeah. you know, like the 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 comic has contempt for the stand up. I mean, for the for the audience. Without them, you're just a fucking guy babbling to yourself. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's like you you gotta kind of give them some kind of respect. You know, it's like you know you came out here. You you need me in your life to make you laugh. I understand that that need. Okay, or maybe you just want to laugh. All right, maybe you don't need. Maybe you just want. Right. All right. And whatever reason drove you here, you're here. All right. I'm gonna give you that. I'm going to give you the best I can. Right. And not a lot of people come with that attitude, you know, that of, and I'm sorry, I'm stuffy. No, that's all right. Uh, the sinuses. I mean, it goes from fucking freezing to I know. 70 to fucking uh, I know. spring to winter. <laughs> the fuck is going on with the weather? Um, you know, I, I, I think that people have a chance to, uh, be better in uh, to be better performers if they just engaged the audience and respected them more. Yeah, you know, if they knocked off this contempt for the audience, uh, they'd be better served. When when you were when you were just starting out, when you were young, uh, what was your perception like, or did you even think about like stand? You know, you're talking about like how. It would be great if if people would know the the the, the stories of stand up comedians. When you were in, how, well, how long were you in Tennessee before you moved to Arkansas? Let's. Oh, when I was a kid. Um, yeah. I, we moved when I was six. Okay. And what was I mean? You you brought up you know that you know you you think that, and I I agree with this that a lot of stand up comedians like it's all kind of comes from their their upbringing their their home life so what was like why well first of all why did you move from tennessee to arkansas my mom and dad got divorced when i was two and my mom uh while being a very lovely woman is very flawed financially Mm. and um she was just trying to do the best she could and she did what a lot of people would do. They ran home to mama. And uh, her mother and father uh, were very well off in this small town in Arkansas. And, and uh, it was a different time then. And, and uh, uh, she moved back to gain some respectability. Yeah. Uh, and uh, be near to family, you know, uh, which was... A, a very poor move. She sold. She couldn't have sold the house in Tennessee at a worse time, uh, and then she didn't buy again. And so taxes ate her up, and yep. and uh, uh, we ended up living in uh, a rent house that you could see through the walls and places there were holes and stuff. And in the winter, there'd be so much plastic, it looked like Dexter was about to kill somebody. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was. It was uh, an interesting event, trust me. It was uh, not something that you would uh, that you would uh, figure uh, 
a millionaire would come from. Yeah. It's like, uh, I remember so many times in the winter, uh, get waking up at night and seeing my breath and then like having like, uh, like, uh, the, the frost had like formed up from where I was breathing on that. Wow. Stuff. And it was, you know, we were under so many blankets, you know, to keep warm. Uh, and it, like, like, let's say somebody turned the oven on, there was no heat, you know, uh, it was interesting, you know, and you had, you had siblings or yes, yes. I have, uh, two older sisters and one older brother and a uh, half sister younger. Um, my uh my brother's a dick um, yeah you mentioned that in the special it, yeah <laughs> i was gonna ask if that was based on reality oh, yeah that's real what's his deal why not that uh, we have to uh, like i'm not gonna get into All everything right. but that's okay. um uh he was just a major asshole a couple of years ago he threatened to kill me and and i just haven't talked to him since you know and it's it's not the usual brother threatening to kill you all right when you believe him, you believe him. Yeah. All right. And I believed him. And so I just stay away from him. He's younger than you? Older. 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 Wow. And so, all right. So you were, so you were living in that house for a few years or? Oh yeah. Yeah. We lived in there for 10 years. Wow. You know, between that and my grandma's house. Okay. And then with my, uh, by the way, that's not a problem with this uh, podcast. That's the air generator on my bus. I'm sorry, everybody. The whole bus operates by air. The doors, the seals, everything. The whole suspension. Uh, so that's what that noise is, if you wonder. Huh. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'm sorry. That's all right. I know. It's fucking annoying. I don't think, I don't think it's going to get picked up. Okay. Good. A lot. Good, good, good. I don't want to be embarrassed. No. What the fuck was that noise? Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know. Um, we moved. Uh, we were in that horrible house in Clarksville for 10 years, 10, 12 years. And then I moved to Houston. Uh, and in Houston, I was, uh, I felt like I was born again. You know, it was uh, awesome. And then it's, it's weird when I made the, the next move to Los Angeles, I felt born again, again, you know, it was incredible. It was like, it's like my life, the more I live, it has only gotten better. It's not gotten worse. Yeah. It's like, it was so shitty in the beginning. Okay. That I guess it could only go better, but you know, (laughs) I mean, you know, from, I was six weeks old when my uncle and his whole family died in a plane crash. They were coming to see us. Uh, he had a mountain. Um, I, uh, you know, it's it's like one thing after another, after another, after another. Dear God, and it's like you you live all this stuff and and uh, you, you just sit back and you just go, wow, what a crazy life. And then now I've got, you know, not only do I have a house to live in, I've got two at a bus. Okay. Um, uh, a child of divorce has a beautiful wife and two wonderful children that are uh, it's like man I've got everything that I've ever wanted and more than I ever thought I would get you know and it's I'm just so fucking lucky you know it's like you know I'm a lucky fucking bum and it's like (laughs) you know I don't think people really 
register that. You know, they don't they don't uh, they don't consider themselves lucky very often, and uh, it's 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 a shame. You know, you, you there's something to be said for luck. You know, I'd rather be lucky than than fucking uh, blessed. You know, yeah. I'd rather be I'd rather be uh, uh, lucky and, and fat than fucking uh, not lucky and perfectly thin because you'll die of something else. You get hit by a piano or something. <laughs> you know, you know something'll happen to you. Life will have a way of fucking making it happen for you. Yeah, sure. Yeah, people can die. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people just are constantly comparing whatever situation they and I and I do this constantly. Uh I know I should be happier than I than I am. Uh but it's like, well, what is that person doing? And and right. you're constantly comparing and it's so toxic. It's so, it's toxic, so toxic for you. It really is, man. Coveting others <sighs> uh it will kill you in stand up comedy coveting others will drive you fucking crazy i almost got caught up in that i mean when when you see people that you know you're funnier than getting fucking tv and shit and it drives you fucking nuts until you realize that that was always gonna happen right person regardless of you hating that person or not hating that person right. that person's turn was that person's turn and whatever factors led to them being there that's where they are alright so don't begrudge their f- fucking success emulate it see how they did it and fucking replicate it yeah. you know and get your own success um, it's always been amazing to me it's like you know it's like every year or every couple of years, like society brings a new black comic. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know, and, and it's like, like this new renaissance of great black comedy, which is always been there. They've always been fucking funny. Yeah. Okay. And there's never been just only one. Okay. But, but mainstream society only sees one black guy at a time. It was Richard Pryor. <laughs> then it was Eddie Murphy. Then it was Chris Rock. And then it was Dave Chappelle. Then it was Cat Williams. And now it's Kevin Hart. Yep. Okay. And it's like America only sees one black person is funny at a time and it's so fucking <laughs> humiliating to us that's all, all we can handle ralphie one black guy one that's black it guy all right we've got one black guy uh two jews uh, <laughs> and one mexican uh one chick okay that's and a it. bunch of white guys that's it that's it that's all they give us and and then you're expected to fucking dine on that alone, you know. You're, those those people are expected to be everywhere and do everything that is qualified as funny. Yeah, you know. I mean, the chicks they only let us have one or two chicks at a time. <laughs> okay, you know, instead of giving us all this funny, you know, they now uh, Sarah Silverman is the end all be all of funny chicks. Okay, you know, we'll give her an award. Okay, we'll give the one girl an award, but but all those other hundreds and hundreds and thousands of women out there doing stand-up comedy we're gonna take a big old shit on them okay but we gave one award away so right it's okay. so we're covered see so we're all covered we don't okay. hate women we don't hate women comedy we don't think less of them it's like how demeaning are you i mean really i mean the fact that you think that that will suffice is demeaning in general you know what i mean it's like it's 
the whole idea that only one black comic can be the comic, okay, is offensive. It's amazingly offensive. Yeah. And yet it, it happens continuously. And we get told to that one person is hot over and over and over again. And we believe the bullshit. Right? And, and, and legitimately, they're, they are very talented. But there's also legitimately very talented other people out there, you know? You know, when, uh, when Chris Rock was starting out, Bernie Mac was burning it up. Yeah. Okay, if you watch them back to back, all right, as far as laughter goes, like you didn't hear what the comic was saying, <laughs> the audience was laughing harder at Bernie <laughs> Mac than at Chris Rock, okay? Yeah. And even Chris will tell you that, okay? Um, but Chris hit when he wasn't supposed to. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to have already been a bust. You know, Lord Michaels dismissed him. They fired yep. him. All right? And so he went out and did it the old-fashioned way. I'm one of the few people that worked with Chris when he was doing stand-ups in the clubs. Yeah. After Saturday Night Live. We were working in Houston together. And and we were like, this fucking club owner is the biggest piece of shit ever. All right? We were just sitting there going, I fucking hate this guy. Me too. I fucking hate him. He's horrible. He's garbage. <laughs> All right, and that's what we bonded was hating the fucking club on. All right, but he, he and I were actually talking jokes, and he would work on them at night. You know, and it's weird. You know, ten years later to be friends with his brother. You know, and it's like what the fuck. You know, it's like he got off and blown up, and then ten years later, I'm I'm with his little brother Tony at my apartment in uh, on Gardner in L.A. Yeah, you know, at my barbecue. You know. Tony's in there playing video games and eating <laughs> cheeseburger. You know, it's like it's crazy. You know, it's like a very strange combination of the way life has happened, the way it's unfolded. Yeah. Well, you've done well, Ralphie, and uh, you should be proud of yourself. Thank you, sir. And uh, I really do appreciate you taking the time to chat. No problem. All right, man. Thanks, Ralphie. And there you have it, Ralphie May on the Laugh Spin podcast. Thank you so much, guys. For tuning in like i said subscribe thank you so much to ralphie may for taking the time to chat be sure to check out ralphie on the road be sure to check him out on netflix his new special unruly is there now streaming check it out and we'll see you soon guys bye